Good morning, and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today as we get into the Word of God and allow it to encourage and inspire us, because that's what the Word of God does. We've been looking this week at the four Gospels and how they present the Christmas story, the birth of Christ. We've seen that there are four uh, metaphors, pictures of the Messiah in the book of Isaiah, that he would be a king, a servant, he would be a man, and God two paradoxical ideas that all came through, came true in Jesus Christ. And the four Gospels wrote these four metaphors or focused on these, each of one of these. Matthew focused that Jesus would be the king of the Jews. Mark, that he would be a servant of the Lord. Uh, Luke, that he would be a man, the son of man. And John, that he would be God, the son of God, the divine Son of God, which is the one we want to look at today, the Gospel of John and the deity of Christ as a as a baby. It's it, it really is a miracle, is it not? We can we can become immune if you've been a Christian a long time to the majesty, the miracle, the mystery that God would become a man and that this man Jesus was in fact God. I remember years ago when I first became a Christian, my girlfriend, she and I would argue that she could not believe in Jesus because she didn't believe God was great, that, that uh, the greatness of God could be confined or, or put into one human being, one person, that God was so much greater than that. I would argue God's so great he can do even that, that there's nothing impossible with God. But the more I thought about it through the years, the more I've realized it is pretty impressive. It is pretty miraculous. And indeed, it is pretty hard to believe that Jesus was, in fact, and is, in fact, God. First of all, let's, we'll talk about that in just one second, but let's why that's hard to believe. But first, let's see what the Bible actually teaches. We'll go to John chapter 1, and we read this. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God, excuse me, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing has come into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. And so we begin to see, again, a mystery here, something that may be difficult to comprehend that this word, the Greek word logos, this expression of a God who's, who's a communicator, by the way, who God who speaks, a God who reaches out, this word was with God in the beginning. And not only was he with God, he was God. I won't get into the details of the Trinity this morning, but this is speaking about God the Son was with God the Father. There is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God revealed in three persons, and and the God the Son was God and was with God the Father, distinct and yet unexperiencing a oneness. All things came into being through him. He is the creator of all. Everything that you see, everything that you don't see, everything that exists, apart from God himself, because God is eternal, God was in the beginning, everything else came into being through him. And here we have this word, in him was life. 
all these things. What a wonderful explanation. And then notice what it says in John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. Glories of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. We talked about this yesterday. What an amazing thing that Jesus, that the Son of God, would become flesh, would become, would, would be, became a baby, but grew up to be a man, a, per, a human being, and, and how important it was that he had to be this to really accomplish what God wanted to accomplish in you and me. He had to be a man. He, God could have maybe figured out a way that maybe sacrificing a sheep or or something else could have saved us, but no, it, it was a man because of all that God wanted to accomplish had to be another person dying for us. And what Jesus modeled for us was so incredible as a human being, as a person. And yet he was more than that because he was also God in the flesh. And, they, and so this word, the word that was with God, the word that was God became flesh dwelt among us, lived among us, tabernacled among us is the, is the idea here, that he, he, his presence was with us, and we saw his glory, glories of the only begotten from the Father. Now, this raises some good questions, I think two really good questions. Number one, how can this be? This was the question my girlfriend was asking. How can this be? I might add, this is the question Muslims ask me. How can this be? You're telling me that the God of the, the who's omnipotent got tired, had to eat, had to sleep. You're telling me that the God who's all knowing had to learn things, had to be educated, had to learn how to read and write, had to learn words, had to learn language. You're telling me that this God that we that created the whole universe, that created all that is seen was being held in his mother's arms, was being was was sleeping in a cradle, held in his mother's arms, had, helpless, needed to be fed. It's, I don't know what they use for diapers in those days, but he needed to have that change. You're telling me this is God? That just seems impossible. That's not God. That's just a baby. That's just a person, just like you and me. And indeed, how is that theologically possible? Well, here's what we, when we talk about the incarnation, when God became a man in, the, in Jesus Christ, how was he omnipotent? Was he uh, omniscient? And the verse we think of is Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, beginning with verse 5. And here it says that we should be like Christ Jesus, have the same mind as Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bond servant and being found in the likeness of men. In the context here, Paul is motivating us to live a life of humility, and he says that Jesus Christ, our Lord, was the ultimate act of humility because he was found in the very form of God. He was equal with God, his Father. And yet he stepped down from that and allowed himself to become, be found in the likeness of men. Now, when I say step down, he never stopped being God, but he laid aside his privileges as God or the, the, the ability to be, for instance, all-knowing, all present in all places all at once, or all-powerful. He never, his nature never stopped being God. He never stopped being the divine son of God. I've, I've explained this before. 
as uh, or illustrated this before, say uh, say you've got some say I'm a billionaire. All right, let, or say someone else. Let's say Bill Gates is a billionaire. That's easier to picture. And suppose he wanted to uh, uh, care about uh, poor people, and he wanted to experience the uh, poor people, and he wanted to be near poor people, and he, he wanted to love poor people. And so what does he do? He decides that for a period of time, maybe for a month, he's going to leave his mansion, leave his bodyguards, leave his credit card, his bank account, his wallet, leave all that behind, put on some poor clothes, and go live under a bridge with some homeless people for a month. Now, he's still who he is. He's still Bill Gates. He's still a billionaire. But for that period of time, he's laid aside those privileges. He's laid aside those abilities and has just lived as a normal person for, or as, excuse me, as a homeless person for that period of time. That's what Jesus did. He never stopped being God, but he laid aside all those privileges and he lived with us, as us, and with us with the same temptations and the same human limitations that you and I have, and he walked by faith in the power of the Holy Spirit just as he challenges us to or calls us to. And so he never stopped being God. His nature was always the same, but his the power that he exhibited as God, he laid that aside for this period of time. That's what Philippians chapter 2 says. But there's another question we got to answer. Why would he do this? Why would Jesus do this? And the answer to this, of course, is the gospel message. And once again, this is what's unique about Christianity, and that is God did it because of his great love for us. We must go back again and again and again to this critical verse in John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. Love can compel people to do strange things. Love can compel people to do things that a person without love would never understand. And indeed, those who don't understand the love of God and don't know the love of God, there are, there are whole religions in our world, there are whole big religions in our world that do not believe that God is a God of love. And so they could not comprehend or grasp why, why would God humble himself? Why would God step down from the glories and beauty and and security, and awesomeness of heaven to live in this wretched world by comparison, to live in this world where there's sin and death and suffering, and where he was not treated as God. He was not respected as he as being worshiped by the angels in heaven. Why would he do this? And indeed, it makes no sense. It makes no sense if you don't understand the love of God. And so, what do we take from this? We worship him. We accept his love. We receive Jesus and we receive his love. We believe in him and we are forever grateful to him. And we long with a great, we long more and more and more to grasp, to understand, and to know, as Paul said, the height and depth and width and breadth of the love of Christ which is beyond knowledge, that we seek to know deeper that which we could never know. We seek to, it's like trying to swim to the bottom of the ocean. We want to swim in it. We want to go as deep as we can, but you're never going to get to the bottom. It's just too deep. The same with the love of God. We want to know it. We want to experience it. But the key thing is we receive it. I encourage you today, receive the love of God. 
Allow God to love you. Acknowledge you need that. Believe that he actually does love you. Ask him to reveal himself more and more and to say that you want to know more and more the love of Christ. Shall we pray about it? Let's do. Oh, Father, we thank you for the miracle of the incarnation, that you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son, that whoever believed in him might not perish but have eternal life. Thank you, Father, for such great love that compelled you to do this. Thank you that you sent your Son on a rescue mission, and Jesus, thank you that you accepted that mission, and you came to save us from our sins. We thank you for the miracle of this Christmas story. It's, I pray it would never grow old for us. I pray we'd never grow so used to it or we've heard it so often. Help us, Father, to glory in this all year long, but especially at this season, to glory in the truth, the reality. This has never happened anywhere else. No other religion would even attempt to say such a thing, that you so loved us that you did this for us. We receive your love today. I pray, Father, today for anyone here who's having difficulty receiving your love, difficulty believing you love us, difficulty believing you care for them. I pray for them, Father, that you would help us, help them, and help me to simply say, Lord, it's so deep, so difficult to understand, but I receive the love of Christ, the love of God in Jesus Christ. We give you this day to walk with you and to follow you and to, and to love you in return. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. I love the Word of God. I hope you do too. Don't tell me you get, don't tell me you know all you need to know about it. Don't tell me you don't need to be reminded. Don't tell me you need to be encouraged. The world we live in, it so wants to take away the beauty, the glory, the joy of God's Word. And that's why we come here every day because we want to get refocused, re encouraged, re strengthened by the Word of God. Not just once a week, once a month, every other week, when we feel like it, when we realize we need it, but every day because we want to go further and deeper with God. So glad to have you along. If you're new, a special welcome. I hope you join our channel. Uh, hit the like button on the way out. Subscribe to the channel. Tell your friends. Pass the word around. And those of you who are here every day, so glad to have you along. What a privilege it is to share the word of God with you. God bless you. I love you. And we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye. <music>